This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, welcome to the ShrimpNet podcast, the official podcast of the Shrimps Trust. Uh, now with over 660 members, uh, we have, as usual, uh, two great guests joining uh, the young and the old. You can work out who that is here at Trust Towers. Um, joining us tonight with all the boardroom chit chat is uh, Sir Roderick of Taylor. Welcome. Welcome, David. Uh, and live from South America at great expense. Uh, he only moved there when he saw a film of uh, Teofilio Kabilias's free kick against Scotland in the 78 World Cup. Uh, it's Shrimps Online guru, all-time good egg, um, and he's, he's from Darkest Peru now. It's Tom Collins. Welcome along, Tom. Good evening. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Excuse me. Terribly sorry. So start as we mean to go on. We've got Joel with us, who's the young and the old. Uh, and we'll chat a little bit about the FA Cup, first of all, Joel. Um, not the greatest game I've ever seen. Dreadful conditions. Uh, but when you look back at it now, um, it was it was actually a pretty half-decent game. Chances at both ends. Um, uh, the return of the prodigal Kev, uh, and he nearly had an impact. Uh, and uh, obviously, Aaron Wildig comes on and, uh, and sorts the whole situation out. And we end up with Buxton. Talk me through it. Yeah, it was it was an interesting watch because I, I wasn't able to get to the game unfortunately, but I I've been able to watch it back and and I thought Cockney it was interesting watching it back kind of looking at it in quite a cold way and not getting swept up in the atmosphere of the day. Because I thought I, a few people said we were a bit lucky, but I, I don't think we really were. I thought we had control for large parts of the game. We knocked it around relatively nicely. Uh, you know, Jonah was a was a big threat for a lot of the game. Yeah. So, you know, we had some threats. I think they caught us uh, breaking from the field a couple of times. But even then, they didn't have any clear-cut chances. I think it, it kind of reminded me of the crew game in some ways, in that they had a lot of shots that were good from outside the area, but it wasn't like they were getting into the area and having shots that they should have scored. They were good shots because they were from range and they were you know, forced a good save out of Anderson, quite a few good saves out of Anderson. So I thought, you know, that the, the, it was decent. I mean, we defended better than we have done recently. And, you know, it was just much improved and, you know, a big positive compared to, you know, some of the defensive performance recently. And then, yeah, like you say, Kev coming on. Uh, maybe fluffed his lines on a couple on that uh, chance that fell on his right foot. But, you know, it's Kev's right foot, so... Straight at the keeper. But that, that one where Jockel pushed it onto the post... From his header, and I was like, "That's a great save," but then the flag went up, so it wouldn't have counted anyway. But yeah, he uh, he always, you know, he, it's always about Kev v. Uh, well, it was Kev v. Derek Adams, but today, obviously, then it wasn't it wasn't really relevant. But it, typical, he's still got it in him, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It, it, it's interesting watching because obviously, like he, you know, he's forty one physically, and in terms of his playing skills, he probably has deteriorated a bit. But you know, he's still got a good brain on him. And I think he exploited the spaces and he found himself in quite good little pockets of space to be able to work himself some half-decent-looking chances. So, 
you know, there is still a bit about him. It'll be interesting to see how the new manager at Newport takes to him. But uh, yeah, he showed, I think he showed a bit uh, against us. Uh, Tom, you saw the game. What were your thoughts? Well, um, the conditions played into it somewhat. Um, I think it's worth also mentioning that uh, there was a bit of a switch of system in terms of us changing the three in midfield and bringing two of them sitting. So we had um, Callum Jones and Alfie McCalman sitting. So it was really interesting to see how that played out. Um, I thought there was, there was some good movements. I think it was a work in progress. What I did enjoy is I thought the full the fullbacks in Greg Lee and um, Ryan McLaughlin, McLaughlin, is that how you pronounce his name? <laughs> uh, did really well. Uh, looking at the stats, I know that uh, Greg Lee managed to put in eight crosses and four of which were successful. Um, so I thought their play was very interesting that the fullbacks really got forward in this system, which I think is something uh, to keep to keep an eye on. Uh, I thought it was a it was pretty good performance in comparison to some that we've had lately. It was a relief to be able to keep that clean sheet. Um, I agree with Joel that there was a lot of long efforts that um, we managed to keep out. Um, delighted for Aaron Wildig. I mean, how many injuries he's had, how many things he's had go wrong with him. I think that, that finish as well, we can't underrate that it, people think you look at the position of it, it's just a tap-in. But why do more players not get those tap-ins if you look at the way that curved his run around the back post oh, he, timed, he timed the run and the finish it wasn't as easy finish as it looks so I was absolutely delighted for Aaron Wilde. I think the key thing is it's we've we've kind of landed on our feet through that hard work that that could have gone the other way with some of the results of um, we've had lately and now we've earned you know the minimum of 60 grand plus by getting that one tie away at, at Buxton so Really credit to the lads for digging in, and we just need to see more of that grittiness now moving forward to be able to pick up some points before Christmas. It, it was quite quite strange the reactions um, from you know across the board across the all the fa- the fan platforms was uh, generally as as you've both alluded to the fact that oh we were a bit lucky and we were you know and it was like well hang on we've just kept a clean sheet here and and Yokel had a great game and deservedly man of the match but. That's what he's there for, isn't he? Isn't he? Isn't he there to save shots and push around for corners and stuff like that? So he's doing what he's paid for, which is great. But at the time, and I'll tell you this now, obviously I was I was fortunate enough to be sat in the stand, and uh, obviously they were changing the system. They brought they were, they, I mean, and Phillips Phillips played quite well for me. I thought he played, you know, he knitted things together neatly. But when they were taking Phillips off and they held up the held up the board, and it was obviously Wildig warming up sort of like two blokes sat behind me sat behind me two rows behind me obviously sit there all the time and one just immediately went no no what are you doing what are you doing Phillips will get you oh Phillips will get you a goal what are you doing man and obviously Wilding ran on <laughs> the cross came in and he tapped it in and I just turned around and looked at him like that and his, his mate was sat next to him and we went that shut you up <laughs> <laughs> And I thought that's what that's what you're up against. It doesn't matter what you do, it's wrong. But then it turned so right. So it was yeah. the right situation. He's so smart as well. I think it was he hadn't touched the ball. And I think oh. I watched watched the watching the goal back. He kind of he runs in. The, he's actually initially running in the same direction as Joe. And then he dropped off and he li- literally goes all the way around the back. Yeah. Nobody's worked out that he's a new player on the pitch. Basically, I think at yeah. that point, yeah. so he just exploits that. It, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, happy days. 
So Rod, um, we come back to the good old days, Silverlands, the highest ground in England, a thousand feet above sea level. Uh, I said, last time we played there, it was the first game of the season, 94-95. We won, John Coleman oh. scored twice. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was nice and brown because I've just come back from Kenya. <laughs> Uh, on the Thursday, and we went there on the Saturday. It was Les Dewar's first away game. There's a fact for you. Uh, and we had no idea then that that season would lead to conference, which would lead to Football League, which would lead to League One, which would lead to League Two. And I always think that that season was the start of us ending up where we are now. Absolutely, David. And then we played him, of course, in the, in the penultimate game that year. That season and uh, drew one a piece at Christie Park, which which clinched the uh, the promotion spot. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, I, I, somebody somebody uh, somebody very nicely put. Um, we were joking about on the, on one of the fans' pages on Facebook, and they were joking about saying, "Oh, it's dead easy, dead easy for Buxton. Uh, if we only get if we only get like eight hundred tickets, just the people who were there at that last home game when we played Buxton." And I went, that won't work. There was 1,500 there. And he went, oh, I thought it was about 300. <laughs> and I said, no, there was 1,500 there that day. So that won't work. Because that was a good, that was our best crowd that season, wasn't it? 1950, David, come on. And I don't mean the, I mean the attendance. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I said 1,500 off the top of my head. But obviously you fiddled the gate, so you'd know. So. <laughs> Certainly not me. I don't think, uh, I don't think Graham Hodgson would do that either. <laughs> um, but it was it was a busy day, wasn't it? You know, we went one year up, Jim Trusky scored. And they they did they score later? I can't just remember now. Jim, um, uh, I haven't looked it up off the top of my head, Jim Connor. Because he was he had grey hair and he was a good player for them, Buxton. Yeah. Remember, it was Bob Murphy who was their manager, who'd won the NPL with uh, Mosley and what have you. So he had a history. So and if, and if we'd have got a win that day, we could have gone to Colwyn Bay. With a chance of uh, the championship, couldn't we? Yeah. Hey, me, me and Glenn turned up at uh, at Colwyn Bay on that Tuesday night, and we had we had massive boards. And if we scored, we're going to hold them up because it'd have been a hundred goals. But of course, it ended up nil nil. So we just dropped the one and stood there at the end with nil nil. <laughs> Happy days, David. Happy yeah. days. There was it was funny because uh, there was we went we went in the pub at Colwyn Bay. And obviously, Marine were champions by that night, and uh, and the pub in Colwyn Bay was called the Marine. Really? What are the chances? It was like, huh? So anyway, never mind. Anyway, I digress. Uh, a great draw, great draw, great draw for Buxton. Obviously, 4G pitch. Um, there's a couple of good pubs in town, and there's a nice chippy at the bottom of the hill, as I remember. Uh, but we haven't played them for so long, and they sort of like we've gone in opposite directions, but. Uh, talking to a couple of people that I know, um, and one of them, as um, Joel knows, is uh, FC United's manager who I used to work with, uh, and they, he reckons they are, the Buxton are throwing money at it, they're serious, they're getting out of that division and Conference North here we come sort of thing. So they'll have a decent side, as is proved with uh, people uh, 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 like um, Jamie Ward, etc, playing for him, who could probably still do a job at a higher level, but... We've gone in opposite directions, but always a good club, Buxton, Rob. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a nice drive there, David, and you know, pleasant part of the world. Um, yeah, they are a good club. Um, and I, I don't know that we will know anybody um, that was, was that was there then. Who knows? But it, it, I think you know, it's, it's a tough game. You know, there's no givens in the FA Cup for goodness' sake. 
Um, it's a revisit for us. It'll be it'll be pleasant from that point of view. We've just got to go and do a job, though, from a football perspective, haven't we? It's a great opportunity to get um, through to the to, to round three and, and and hopefully play the big boys. But you know they'll be on their game that day. I've no, I've no doubt about it. no illusions at all that they'll be right on their game. They'll want to progress because you know just like it is for us, but I suppose even more so for them. The, the money, the potential money getting to that next round is it, it's massive. Yeah, and I think uh, obviously we're fortunate enough, and I'll come back to Joel and uh, and, and obviously uh, Tom. We're fortunate enough that we're, we're, we've been picked to be on the BBC 12.45 on that Saturday. So uh, we're live on BBC One. That'll be the first time ever we've been on live on BBC One, which is a fantastic opportunity for us. Plus we get the money. And if we win, we've got a chance of being on telly again if we draw Salford. But um, <laughs> but uh, it's a great draw, Tom. Oh, it's superb. I think um, you won't believe this, but um, there was there was a random thing on the Emirates uh, tweet Twitter page where it said, "Do a screenshot of um, of a I think it's a gif. We call it a gif where it changes numbers. Mm. And a screenshot about five minutes before the draw and." Lo and behold, Buxton came out. I'm not kidding you, not kidding you. And I actually texted someone to say they come out and then we got drawn them. They were there, that is literally the plum tie because with them, with it being the lower the lowest side in the competition away and us going there, people are going to tune in wanting Buxton to get the upset against us. I completely agree with Rob. These games are no gimme. If we turn up with the wrong attitude, there's a good chance we'll get beat. So um, we've got to get well prepared and it gives us a great chance. I mean, it starts the kitty off with 60 grand. I think it's another 30 grand to get through to the next round and then who knows what um, what faces next. But we just have to go there and we have to do the job and win the game. Um, but it's a great tie. I'm super jealous. This is probably as jealous as I am. I think that would be a great tie to go, go and watch. So uh, very much looking forward to it. But fortunately, I'll be able to watch uh, from uh, South America. And uh, Joel, it, it's... There's been potential banana skins in the past. We went as a league club, we've been to Dover and we've been to Halifax. They were conference, uh, both at the time. So obviously this is a little bit different because the two divisions lower. But looking at the side they've got, they're paying pretty decent money. So they're no mugs. They're unbeaten this season. Uh, the potential is there for them to, first 20 minutes, have a real good go. And we've seen that our confidence is low, in the, particularly in October and, and November. They get an early goal. It's going to be tricky, isn't it? Yeah, I like to say that the league form's been really good, but we also went to another another good team at that. I think I think they were at that level, Maldon and Tiptree last year. Mm. I think they were. I think, they were, I, think it was, I think it was the same step, obviously down south. But uh, you know, they 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 had a good season the season before. I think they were unfortunate not to get promoted after it got cancelled the previous season. They, they, I think they were having a decent season again. So. You know, we just and and on that day we turned up and when we were professional, we did the job. We probably should have scored a few more on that day. Uh, hopefully, we can do the same again. Obviously, there's a a four G pitch which might make a difference. Who knows? Didn't seem to make much of a difference to Colchester uh, when they were down. I was watching them the other night. Yeah, uh, when they were playing on the pitch there, I think hopefully we'll be able to have access to any of the stuff at the uni to prepare maybe a bit for dealing with how the bounces on that. So, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll be prepared and, you know, I think, like you're saying, the confidence, I think that needs, to get, that needs to get solved for our league form as well. 
So hopefully, you know, I'm sure we'll, you know, Stephen and everybody will be working really hard to kind of get us back on track in that and that kind of way. Yeah, and we just got to, like you say, be professional, turn up, do the job properly, not not you know take it seriously, and then yeah, I hope our quality. If we do that, our quality should shine through. So Rod, I saw you shaking your so nodding your head there. Uh, is there a four G facility at the uni that we can use? Yeah, there is indeed. Um, as as you probably know, uh, last year we trained all year on that um, on that facility. So. It's a, it's a decent surface. Um, we've been on grass most of this year, apart from when it's been absolutely uh, tipping it down. Um, so, yeah, that, that is there and that will be used over the next, uh, next week or two. Uh, you know, going back to it, what, the, what the guys have said, it, 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 it's, to a degree, it's a state of mind. We've just got to go there, be professional, come away from it and move on. And you never know, do you might get Stephen Gerrard Miller in the next round? That would be a good tie. Yeah, but Salford would be on. So, <laughs> I've, uh, I, that, that's my that's my it's me annoyance that one. I'm not going to get into that one. So we'll, we'll move on to we'll move on to the dead rubber against uh, Carlisle uh, on Tuesday night. And uh, I thought we were I thought we were quite nice. We realised Keith Millen needed a win, you know, as Carlisle manager. And, and uh, I didn't think we played too badly for the first twenty minutes. But then, as per usual, the demons arose when it. When we didn't get an early goal, we looked completely devoid of confidence. Um, the main topic of conversation, again, uh, reflecting what the fans have been saying, is that uh, this has got to stop. 4 3 three is not working. <laughs> and uh, I think there's three of us who watched the game who were like, uh, we weren't playing 4 3 3. But, you know, um, it, was a, it was a strange game, Joel. Yeah, it was a strange game. It's like you said, I, I thought we played quite well in that first 20 minutes and then. Yeah, and uh, I think we've got to give a little sh- shout out to uh, Toombs and his brief uh, Lionel Messi moment, dancing through the defence and firing it wide. You know what? To be honest, we could have, we could we could easily have scored in those first twenty minutes. I think there was a couple of moments where maybe I, I younger and stopped and maybe could have chosen a pass rather than just blasting it. You know, and I think and I think, I think if they'd done that, we'd have we'd have had a bit of a, a bit of a better chance of scoring. But yeah, we we played well and then we just kind of let the game get away from us a little bit, which is disappointing because. Oh, well, too much. It happens. The game gets away with you sometimes. It was a, it was disappointing how we weren't able to kind of wrestle it back. And then when they did score, I think you know it just seemed like heads dropped quite a lot. Yeah. Which is a shame because I think at the end of the day, it is a dev rubber. But he played the first team to give him a chance to kind of maybe get into their stride a bit more. And it looked like they might be doing that in the first twenty minutes. But you know, it just seemed like heads went a little bit after that point, and then especially when they scored. So maybe a bit of an opportunity missed to get the win, but at the end of the day, like like you say, the result from that game is not the end of the world. We've got another international break. I think we've not actually come back too good after the, <laughs> the previous international breaks, but you know, hopefully with this one, it might be a, a nice chance for a bit of a, a, a bit of a reset mentally, maybe you know, just because things haven't been, you know, I think people's confidence does look low. I think looking at uh, the way people were kind of looking to receive the ball in the field, it was like just passing it straight back to the defenders without really looking forward. And I think that, that shows that, and that's, I think a lot of that is just bravery and confidence, you know. And that's what yeah. we had at the start of the season. Yeah, we had a bit we of that. Take, like we were say, taking yeah. people on, we were committing, we were committing to sort of like, you know, put people under pressure and it, 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 I suppose confidence does that to you. And when, when you look at it in the cold light of day, Tom, um, the gaffer has come out and what he said after the Carlisle game, I agree with every word in the fact that he's been honest and said he's picked some players, uh, he signed 19 players. 
and some of them are not doing it. And he's told them in no uncertain terms, if you don't start doing it, then I will look at people, bringing people in in January who can do it. And that's fair, isn't it? Completely fair. Um, I think Carlo was really disappointing, to be honest, is um, I haven't put too much weight in the previous losses to Everton and Hartlepool, because I, I feel like they're in somewhat a glorified friendly. Um, but I think that, that Carlisle, as, as Joel alluded to, that we're really looking to get two results back to back just to build a bit of confidence. And I completely agreed with um, Robbo's interview after the game in terms of, although the, the first 20 minutes it looked like good football, I think there was echoes of what it looked like against Cambridge where a lot of the footballs in front of them were not actually hurting them. And I, I feel a word that I've heard him use a lot this year is bravery in and possession and out of possession. And I think we've got to be braver in the things that we do. That if you're a winger or wide forwards, your job is to go and take on your fullback. If you're a centre-back, your job is to clear the ball, whatever it takes from a corner. Um, if, you're, if you're called Stockton, you have to run in behind. And I think there's a couple of points that I feel Stephen feels let down at the moment by his players because... It doesn't matter which language he's trying to say it to the players, that some of the players are repeating it. That second goal did my head in, to be honest, because we'd seen that exact goal. We played a really good game against Oxford. Yeah. And their first goal at Oxford was a carbon copy, that second goal. Yeah. And um, and it's just like when if the players won't learn, then we just simply have to change the players. And um, it will happen. It will happen. And the lads have got to decide in the next 10 games whether they've got it. Now, is it about down to attitude, ability or confidence? It's one of the above, but we just can't afford to be carrying people to survive in League One. So, big 10 games coming up for some players and um, I expect some transfers coming in in January, fingers crossed. So, following on from that, Rod, I've seen you again nodding because you're agreeing that Robo, what Robo said was right. Uh, presumably, it would be nice to get a bit of a cup run and beat Buxton because we could do with the extra money to give us new players. <laughs> oh, no, indeed. Um, um, I, I don't believe the summary of bad side. I think, I think one of the issues we've got here, uh, Freeze, is we had a great start to the season. And I think maybe, and I, I did put this in my programme notes on Saturday, I think maybe expectations grew at a rapid rate. And, 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 and perhaps... Um, some of us and some people need a bit of a reality check. And that's what we've got now. I don't mean to say the season's done by a long way. Uh, I think we've got more than the nucleus of a really good side to compete in League One. And I, I know that um, I know that Stephen will have his targets in January. We've brought Martin Foyle in um, as, um, as head of recruitment. He's worked with Stephen before at Motherwell. Um, they've recruited well in that situation. Uh, and made money for that club. And it's not just about that. It's, it's, it's about getting it right on the park, first and foremost. So, yeah, the, the, cup, the cup could be a real a real bonus. You never you never put um, cup runs, wins in, in a budget. You, it's foolish to do so. So anything through this, it, it's definitely a bonus to us. And, and it, I'm confident that he will... And this isn't a vote of confidence, by the way. Don't anybody misinterpret that. <laughs> I am really confident they, they'll get the it. The dreaded vote of confidence. Yeah, yeah, the dreaded, yeah. Uh, I, I am convinced they'll get it right. They, they work well as a team, you know. Um, the backroom staff and, and the coaching staff. And there's a lot there. Um, and as I said before, the football we played early on was just 
just entertaining, really entertaining football. Um, we've got to see how it goes, but yeah, I think um, I'm going to. I was going to say turn it around. I think it's a little bit less, uh, um, a bit duller than that. I don't think it's a, a major turn. I think it's a lot of fine tuning. But I didn't take on board what Tom uh, said about players. They, they need to. They need to put that shift in, and that was disappointing. Uh, that. Although we saw good things as well, we saw Andre make, make his debut. I thought he did. I thought he did all right. And yeah, you know, great. who knows? In Kyle goes off in the warm up. Andre comes on. Now he's a young keeper. It's his first game. What what's in the heads of of of, of, of the defence there? Are they overprotecting? Are they? I don't know. I don't know. You can soon overthink these things, but again, some good stuff. I think Callum Jones has been excellent last yeah. last couple of games. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's really he's really showing now. Uh, you know, you mentioned the uh, Wilde's goal um, um, last week. Great, you're right. I mean, like somebody said it was a tapping. It was never a tapping. No. His run was great. The finish was decent. Um, I, I, do, I do think people are a little bit on on um, on the team's back, and it is. For me, it's a little bit unfair. Well, it, it, just to, just to sort of like it, you know reiterate it, we we have had a brilliant start, but we have got an enormous amount of, particularly in the engine room in midfield, we've got a lot of young players, and as Joel has alluded to already uh, on one of his threads, you know the three that started the other night were all loanees, so it's going to be difficult, isn't it? It's going to be difficult. Uh, and Callum and Alfie, uh, etc., they're all learning the trade. And while they're not the finished article yet, they hope to get there. And we're, they're helping us and we're helping them, them along the way. And David, I, I've, got to, I've got to reinforce, though, you know, um, and you know this, we played at Wembley on the Monday, Derek was on the Tuesday. We were interviewed for a manager that Saturday. Yeah. You know, in four days, we were interviewed. He was a month behind the curve on getting players mm. in. And it, and it got 19 players in. Now, that's phenomenal. It, it really is a massive, massive effort. So, yes. He's not, he's not going to get all 19 right, is he? No, no. And, and, that, and that's where he's got time now, together with Martin. He's got time now to look at what he wants and get his act together on the recruitment side for January and then go for it. And I'm sure there will be casualties in the squad we've got. But he'll he'll know he'll know exactly what he wants. Um, so I'll, I'll come back to both Joel and Tom there, uh, and it was something I was going to move as a sort of separate topic. But Martin Foyle, uh, a good history as a striker in the lower divisions, uh, Port Vale. Good history as a manager, non-league, um, but has really made his mark as somebody who's the go-to man both for Motherwell and for last season Northampton to do some recruitment, to get, put them in a situation where they get better players. Uh, and you can just look at Northampton, third in the in the, the, the division below us. That does sound good, saying division below, right? But, so he's obviously got some pedigree there and he, he's familiar to Robbo. Um, so he could be invaluable in, in keeping us up, couldn't he, Joel? Yeah, he, he could well be. You know, I think, I mean, not, not only are Northampton third in League Two, that they, they have one of the best defensive records in the country. So... Yeah, won't mind a bit of that <laughs> coming January, but you know, but uh, I think you know it's it's not. I think it, I think it must be nice, probably for, for Stephen after after you know a sticky run of form to maybe have somebody who who he's worked with before and has got got a lot of experience as well. That might be quite nice for him to have 
And then also, I think he's meant to be coaching a little bit as well, which is, you know, more support in the club. But yeah, like, like you say, you know, it, it's about kind of having a long-term plan and, you know, like, you know not all the transfers are going to work out, but trying to make as many work out as you can. You know, some, I mean, even some, like, the 19 over summer, we've had some turn out fantastic. I think Shane McLaughlin's been brilliant, uh, Jonah Younger, you know, maybe a little bit on the decision making side, but aside from that, he's absolutely brilliant. He's terrifying watching him go at defenders. So, you know, and if Martin Fall's going to come in and help us work on that kind of long term strategy and, and getting in the right, the right players a little more often than not, then, you know, that's that's brilliant, and you know, it's, I think overall as, as well for the club, it, it's a big step forward in becoming like like kind of being laid out more of a kind of a proper League One club. Yeah, I think I'll come to you now, Tom, because there's there's a, a certain and I, and I I kind of I kind of sub- subscribe to what the pair of you have been saying online in the fact that perhaps we were a surprise package, and now people have been looking at us and sussed out how we play there's still the capability for us to be a surprise package because we haven't seen hardly anything of Courtney Doofus, Shane Harrison or Jonathan Abika. And those three players can, I mean, Doofus looks like another a younger and Abika is a quicker of, of, of either of them. And he's better in the air than either of them because I saw him at Workington and he's an absolute beast as Abika. So we can still be in a situation where we get people back in in December and all of a sudden we become another surprise package. Hopefully, Tom. Just going back to um, what um, what we're talking about this summer transfer, and there's a comp- there is an appreciation that um, everything happens so fast, right? Derek Derek resigned, had to get straight on it. We brought in a top manager and a top manager uh, top management team who to bring in 19 players. I think seven. I I've clocked it, 17 new players. Imagine how many conversations must have been going on, and and with getting to Wembley as opposed to going up like Bolton did, we'd lost. What, three weeks or something like that. So uh, Stephen has said before, he gets some right, gets some wrong. He's he's big, he's big and bold enough to put his hands up when he doesn't get them right. And um, just going back to the foil appointment, because I think the club is just doing so many exciting things off the field that is supporting the on-field stuff. That is a massive appointment. Um, I don't believe we've ever had a head of recruit like an official head of recruitment before. And um, according to one of the papers up in. Uh, north of the border, he brought in. Um, I think he brought in six million. Between that team, they brought in six million quid of transfers from players that had done nothing, and then and then had improved them with confidence with coaching. So I believe that with Stephen, with time, is the guy that can do the coaching element of it. So to bring it back on course to what you were saying, yeah, we've got some exciting players still to come back, and we've we've doesn't feel like we've ever had. A run of having an eleven, so I'm just really looking forward to having the likes of um, Shane McLaughlin back and getting fullbacks in, getting some real structure about it where we get a solid run of games. So I think once we get a run of games of the players that we want in, and then we added in some of these extra players like Jonathan Abika, who I've never seen play in person and clips, um, Courtney Doofus, I think we've got the makings of a good squad. So when I was talking about the transfers coming in, I think perhaps one of the benefits, I think the areas that we need to strengthen are quite obvious, whereas we've got, through the team, we've got some areas that really are working. So it's not negative per se, it's just that there's some areas that we need to work and there's plenty of areas that are working. So I think we can we can evolve and we will evolve. And I think it comes down to coaching. I think bringing in foil 
fingers crossed should take some pressure off um, Stephen to do the recruitment side and he can focus in. And as Joel said, if he's got a hell of experience in the game, he can perhaps give some advice, tell us what Northampton do from set pieces and then we can start defending them. Two pieces of flippancy from me. First of all, uh, I'll take in what you said there and uh, Foyle will do the opposite of what he's supposed to do because he will actually take the heat off. Oh man! Oh, God. <laughs> and secondly, that. secondly, you being in Peru and you're you're reading newspapers about north of the border and they've made millions of pounds in Ecuador. <laughs> <laughs> very good, <laughs> very good, very good. I was like, I, I hope my geography is right here. Um, <laughs> so, well, moving on, I'll come to you now, Tom. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Tom is the uh, the brains. Uh, and the brawn behind Shrimps Online, who actually do the work of about 10 statisticians on every single game of Morecambe. It does a fantastic preview, which is available on Twitter, but you're now putting it on all platforms now, Tom. Am I, am I right there? Um, share it to as many people that would appreciate it, I think. Yes. And I know Joel appreciates it, because obviously, uh, you know... And, and, you get, get you get a guest uh, a guest to tell you about the ins and outs of their team every week, and uh, literally every time I, you're very kind in sending it to me on the the Thursday, uh, and I read it and it takes me about you know I've read shorter novels, um, and I think I think last week I said to you Gordon Bennett I think I think Lord of the Rings was written quicker than this <laughs> because I, I, but it's so in depth and it's brilliant your take on how we're going to play how we'll possibly line up etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And as we know, Robbo will throw a curveball in because somebody will get injured. But then, then you get somebody in from the opposition who does an insight into their strengths and weaknesses, and they're all always open and honest. Uh, and it's absolutely just how did you come up with that idea, and how do you facilitate that? Um, question. Well, I've always, um, well, as you, as you guys know, I've, I've been a, a Morecambe fan. You've talked about Buxton. I think that was my first year following. Um, I've been overseas now for 10 years, but I've always kept that passion for um, for football and primarily Morecambe Football Club, of course. Um, the thing that really I'm passionate about, I love the details of football. I love all the tiny little things. Um, and I'm just super passionate about the analytical side. And it's something that um, it's just got me more and more interested the more I get into it. And I really got more um, deep into it last year when we were... Had a great season, of course. Um, I've invested in some tools as well that helped me um, help me with my job to get some of the the analytics. Um, but yeah, I think you shouldn't call the people who help you tools. Um, I do need to give a shout out actually because I do have someone that does my uh, uh, copy, uh, my proofreading. Who is um, a West Ham fan out in Peru? He'll appreciate the shout out. Who does my proofreading, which is really appreciated because after you've done uh, four four and a half thousand words, you do tend to make the odd. Uh, of spelling mistakes that's appreciated but um no and, and then the opposition i i do try and um a do my own research so try and watch a game I'll, for example i've seen uh, in preparation for the um fleetwood game i've watched fleetwood ipswich to get a flavor for what they're about so i try to do my own research backing up with what i'm seeing versus the data yeah. and then the last minute i then try and feed in what the opposition is using because i don't want um is it confirmation bias I want to see with my own eyes and what the data say and marrying it up. Sometimes I don't see the same thing, but usually they all tend to come into one. And then you think, well, I'm perhaps on, we're perhaps onto something here. 
And it doesn't always work out, but you know, I also mean with the with the predicted lineups. Um, I don't mind if I'm wrong, as long as the logic, the rationale is sound for it. Um, and I think I'm learning about Stephen Robinson. Like I felt like Derek Adams, I could really, I could almost map out his decisions. It was very logical. I'm starting to see that same pattern with Stephen Robinson. So I just really enjoy um, analysing it, speaking to people that want to have an intelligent conversation about what's going on. I don't profess to have all the answers, but it's it's what's a beautiful game. I hope it's valuable to people. Well, I, I always I always read it, and you're always teaching me things, and that's good enough for me because uh, I I am I'm I'm completely um, I'm not I'm not against all the stuff that that you and Joel find interesting, but um, I I sort of hated that sort of analytical thing in maths when I was at school, and I'm absolutely dreadful at that sort of stuff. But uh, Joel, you must find this incredibly interesting because this is your bag, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I like it when it drops early because it gives me something to talk about the opposition <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> but no, I, I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy reading it every week, you know. Uh, and, you know, I always find that something a bit different and kind of get an, a different kind of perspective on, on how we play. I think we, we, we discuss these kind of things as well. To, and, like, we generally tend to agree on a lot of them, <laughs> and Tom. But, uh, like, you know, ultimately it's just interesting to be able to kind of share those ideas and then read somebody else's tape because while you may agree on a lot of things somebody's always got something that you know you know people these people like Tom and, and, and I guess he bring brings in they've always got something a little bit different to maybe add yeah, that you might not have realized or might not have spotted before so discussing this these things are just yeah really interesting and good fun well I, I, I take heart from the fact that I'm not as I said I'm not particularly analytical but I'll look at a game and I, I, I like to think I could be completely wrong but I can read a game quite well and when we were playing the other night, I thought straight away, oh, he's, he's trying four two three one. You know, we've it, that's what it looked like to me. And you two analysts both came out and said four two three one. So uh, you know, you're, you're teaching me things here, guys, because uh, you know I was like, oh yeah, I'm sure that's right. But there you go. But so, do you find this? I know you find it really interesting, Tom. But it, it, it must take you blooming. You just said four and a half thousand words. It must take you forever. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 your, it's your passion, though, isn't it? If you do something you really enjoy doing, that um, it kind of all marries together. Um, I mean, I purposely get it out for 9, um, 9 a.m.-ish on a Friday for Saturday kickoffs and Tuesday, same same sort of time for a Tuesday kickoff. Um, so it does take a hell of a commitment, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I guess if it's your passion, that it... Yeah, it's just something that uh, the more you dig into it, the more fascinating it is. And I won't lie, it's, it's hard. It takes a hell of a lot of man hours. And, um, and um, but yeah, in the process, you're learning what, I guess what my goal is that I just want to become, um, kind of be able to have a, a good reason take on not only Morecambe, but the opposition. So if someone was to say, uh, how, what do you think of this player? What do you think of this team? I'm not, I'm not recycling someone else's opinion that I've read, that I can actually, I know with confidence that it's something that I believe in. Um, so, yeah, and, and what, something I try to do as well is, uh, as sad as I am, is I try to, well, I watch, I watch the game on a Saturday or whatever it is, and then I'll re-watch it again, re-watch it back, because without that emotion, you can actually see it more from like a more clinical yeah, point of view and just... Well, Dispassionately, yeah. Yeah, just because at the time, like you're very, you might, 
you know, if, if there's been a mistake or a goal for that next five minutes, you're probably thinking about that. So I'm really interested to see, like I said, going back to it, um, my, my granddad was a huge football fan. I just always remember him saying he wouldn't have been talking about XG and all this stuff now, the PPDA and all this stuff. But he said, I just love seeing all the tiny little things that off the, the ball, whether someone's just a defender's pulled someone. And, and that's, that, I think that's come through to me that um, I do miss going to the games physically, but I follow is just incredible that I've been able to watch full games again and look for those little details. And I, I just, I love the, the kind of second guessing. Oh, why did our manager do that? Why did their manager do that? Why? Why was that going on? Was it a conscious thing? And those are things that keep me obsessed, to be honest, because I'm a, a bit of a, a sad nut. You must have uh, two things, a very understanding boss and a very understanding wife. <laughs> well, well, the boss does my proofreading. He hates all the statistics. Um, and uh, yes, I have a gorgeous, uh, gorgeous wife who's very understanding and supportive. So l looking at that in plain terms, um, when do you, like, for instance, we haven't got a game now until Fleetwood. When do you start thinking about that? As early as possible, really. For example, I watched um, Fleetwood Ipswich a couple of days ago. So I'm just starting, um, I'm getting I'm getting better at pl forward planning. So finding someone that I think is, is going to give, you know, insightful um, thoughts on the, the opposite. It's not finding anyone. It's finding someone that can add value. And what I've been doing lately is bringing two people to the party, which... I think gives a really good flavour because it gets sometimes, for example, Cambridge, they had a disagreement on the formation and they give different things. So it just gives you a bit more depth to it. But I guess I'm trying to get better at forward planning. So started thinking about Fleetwoods um, perhaps last week, but I'm always kind of ticking on just watching teams. So I watched a lot of Cheltenham this year, I watched a lot of Sheffield Wednesday. I just kind of pick and just try and get through games and just try and understand what's going on. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to forward plan as much as possible and just uh, keep learning, basically. Well, I, I did some forward planning today for Fleetwood because I went and bought a ticket because obviously it's a week. <laughs> that, was, that was as near as I got. And uh, as I was saying off air beforehand, uh, 22 quid to stand at Fleetwood. And I'm like, I know, I know Pilly's going to be in court for something, but I didn't know I was paying for his lawyer. Dear Lord. That's money, isn't it? But anyway, never mind. It is football. I, and, you know, you've got to pay to watch Morecambe, one of the best teams to watch. You know, goals both ends. Well, I'm getting value for money, aren't I? Tell me I'm wrong, statisticians. <laughs> oh, there's just laughter. Yeah, there. <laughs> depends who you support. If it's so neutral, it's very fun. <laughs> yeah. Not, it's what I have a heart attack, if not. No, I know. <laughs> It, one, think, nil, one, one nil win at Fleet would have do me fine. Uh, Thank you. Well, yeah, that that'd do for me as well. But strangely <laughs> enough, strangely enough, and I said this on the last podcast that when it was one apiece, we were one apiece at home, uh, and I turned around and said, "It's not going to stop like this. He'll give me a tenner, and nobody had bet because they thought there was going to be another goal, and we, we ended up one all uh, with a decent side." But I thought it was, it was quite interesting, really, what you were saying there about predicting how teams are going to play, etc. Because I'll go back to the to the Accrington game and uh, Accrington didn't play they completely changed the way they played this season uh, they've gone with Colby and, and another big lad up front and they've gone fairly long fairly direct and Accrington used to be sort of like keep it on the ground and play and they played very direct and give us a load of trouble until we got somebody sent off when they reverted to playing like they did last season playing tippy tappy football in front of us and we got a three all draw and I was like well yeah I was right <laughs> 
But it, you just don't know what they're going to do, do you? I mean, it, that was a crazy one. We, we got a man down against Accrington and they deliberately changed, changed the tactics to something that didn't work. And what's the rationale for that? It's, it, you just, it, so that's why it, it's interesting what you're doing, Tom, because you're trying to second guess and you never know what's going to happen, do you? That's the key. I think, um, just going back to that, I think the Cheltenham one was um, a really interesting game because I think they, um, Michael Duff, who I think is a fantastic manager, um, I think lead two manager of the year last year, even though it should have been Derek Adams, but um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> but um, I think he he, um, he sprung a trap on us because Cheltenham most of the time would, when they've got everyone fit, would play a three, three or five, kind of three, five, two, five, three, two. And then they uh, they played four at the back, and yeah. then they played two up front with one in the hole. Yeah. And I think that I think that just caught us by surprise because you could see like I think they'd spotted a bit of a um, an opportunity against them. They played two of the lads, Joseph, um, who's on loan from Swansea, who was at Wigan last year. He's a big lad in himself, big young lad. And then there's Vassell, and the two two big lads. And um, so yeah, you just can't predict it, and it's. Um, it's almost like one big game of chess where people are trying to outdo each other with these tiny things. And um, so, yeah, it's extremely hard to, to predict. And managers are just, you know, these. if you're managing the EFL, you're going to be a top manager. It's hard to get these jobs, you know. Yeah. So um, they'll do anything to get the result because these results are massive for clubs. We need the three points. Fleetwood need the three points, Cheltenham. Um, I think that's one thing as well just to touch on is, I think there's almost this expectation that, you know, we've we've gone to Portman Road, got a draw there, beating Sheffield Wednesday, then we just kind of I think maybe it's almost perceived that we can go to Cheltenham and just get a result or get a result at Fleetwood or something like that. But you've got to remember they're in the same boat, they're desperate for League One survival as well. So it's just such a competitive League One. Really competitive. Joel, have you got anything you want to ask uh, of Tom? No, I think I think we pretty much still covered it there. Threes. I think we uh, <laughs> matter about tactics enough in our own time, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that That's true. So I'll I'll move on to uh, the news from the boardroom, Rod. Dogs barking, David. Dogs barking. Yeah, yeah. That's because it's like, Dad, give me some food. Hey. So go on. What, what's happening in the boardroom? And uh, we've got we've got progress uh, progress off the field. That's what you, usually we get told by either Charlie or James. Um, so what, what what progress can we expect on the uh, well? First of all, the cover behind the home and the batter card stand. Yeah, it's um, we're hoping within the next four weeks that should be up and running. Um, it's happening. We've got a, you know a couple of weeks break, so there will be there will be uh, some movement definitely there. Taking a little bit longer again because of well circumstances. I won't bore you with, but we're getting there now. Um, yeah, it's positive progression all the time, Dave. You know, not not wanting to be totally boring, but Morecambe Football Club ahead of recruitment, League One in the EFL, two thousand six hundred season ticket holders, live on the BBC in a couple of weeks' time. Chips at the Mazuma Stadium. Chips. That's and the big problem. <laughs> and talking live to a Morgan fan in Peru. I mean, who would have believed all this? You would have never believed it, would we? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> International DT4, Jamaica. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. We've got absolutely. We've, got, we've, got, we've got a Jamaican international, uh, and that's why Joel's wearing his Jamaican shirt for those watching on YouTube. Uh, and obviously, Tommy's, uh, Tommy's wearing a fake replica uh, Peru shirt, which is not dissimilar to, uh, it's the reverse of our home shirt. It's uh, white with a red sash. It's very nice. But no, seriously, I think we've got a, we've got a continent. <laughs> the wife returned. Yeah. That's not her, by the way. <laughs> um, I was going to say she sounds a bit rough. <laughs> rough. Uh, we've got to continually involve in our own. You've seen this over the years, David. Um, we've got a plan in place. Should I get rid of the dog? Should I yeah. get, rid of, get rid of the dog? <laughs> don't, 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 ki don't kill the dog. <laughs> no, that's uh, yeah. How are your dogs, Tom? I'll, I'll I'll fill in by saying, how are your dogs? They're doing grand, thanks, Reed. They're doing grand. Oh, I've locked them away, so uh, yeah. Um, well, no, not in a cupboard or anything. Roll, yeah, Rolly, Rolly trolled in about ten minutes before we started recording and jumped on the bed and was pouring me. But luckily, you couldn't see it. I was like, Rolly, so I had to chuck him out. Bless him. So. <laughs> oh. This will, this will be interesting for you to edit out, Joel. <laughs> I know, I might keep it out. Yeah, I think, I think you should. Dogs are, dogs are a big hitter. Like, yeah, they are. It's, just, yeah. it's a guaranteed win. <laughs> Anthony O'Connor's, uh, Anthony O'Connor's, was it his daughter? His, his daughter, daughter burst yeah. in. She burst in. And then Anthony got distracted by her because he was trying to pick her up. And then he brought the dog in to play with her. <laughs> and all you could hear was... <laughs> Genius. <laughs> a comedy moment. Yeah. Anyway, do Kids carry on. Do carry on, Rod. Kids and I, you should, yeah. Keep away. So, what I was trying to um, say to you, we've got, we've got um, a continuing involvement now. We've got, we've got the three-year plan, which I, I know James and, uh, and Charlie have been through you, with you, but that is a working document. Okay, the promotion came earlier than we anticipated, but all the stuff that underpins that, that is absolutely, you know, absolute reality. We've um, we've employed a um, um, uh, head of business operations in the community um, community sports section club now, Stuart Glover. That's alongside Janet looking at developing that area, which is a, it's an enormous part of the football club, but an enormous part of our town and our whole locality. So there's things all the time that are happening. Some things are maybe uh, obvious, other things uh, for people turning up on a Saturday afternoon. Will be more obvious, you know, like the like the uh, the food outlets that we've got, like the bar behind the the bar card stand, all you know, customer related things that we have to improve on all the time. And I think we're doing that. I think, you know, I think we've made great inroads this last year. The biggest. Uh, it was quite funny on Saturday uh, in the FA Cup game. Uh, the biggest cheer I've ever heard at half time was when uh, the lady came out with a sign saying. Uh, saying the Wi-Fi's working, you can buy food again with a card. And about 50 people went, hey! And immediately dashed down to get a pie. Uh, we had some sort of cyber attack Saturday, is that right? Uh, I, I, wouldn't, um, I wouldn't put it that strong. There was, there was, a, there was a problem that was resolved. <laughs> uh, have you ever thought of going to politics? <laughs> no. <laughs> You'd be very good. Uh, I, uh, not answering the question that I asked there's, you, but there's, there's, there's not a lot of opposition at the moment, David. So I probably won't be. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> yeah, very true. Well, 
Well, uh, so uh, the one thing I will ask you, um, uh, Charlie's started a one-man game to get a one-man campaign to get mushy peas back. What's the chances? Um, well, it's, it's quite a difficult one, that really. Uh, I don't think we've got a can opener. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that answers that. Then we're, we're stuck with process. <laughs> yeah, I'll. Uh, I, I will make inquiries and get back to you. Well, Charlie on his Twitter page put put a picture of a uh, a mushy pea butty, two slices of white bread with mushy peas, and some some girl went, "This is not a thing?" Question mark. And I was like, "Well, it could be." You know, there's a guy there's a guy on a, a vlog the other day I watched, and he was raving about you know getting gravy with his pie. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, um, I saw it. Yeah. It, was, it was brilliant. You see. You know, simple things like that, just yes. simple little things. Um, keep delivering, you know, keep delivering the service and, you know, we're, we're making progress. So we move to the final, uh, our, our little, I always come to Joel and say, have we got any, have we got any updates for the trust? I mean, I always say this and, and Rod touched on it, 2,600 season ticket holders, 660 trust members. Uh, why haven't we got 2,600 members? We should have, shouldn't we? I know, yeah. Hopefully we'll get a, f a few more coming uh, throughout this year. But yeah, you know, uh, more people for away travel, surely. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, we, we've, managed, we've managed to avoid that one this week. I know, yeah. We'll I'm keep trying we'll to keep... get through a whole podcast <laughs> yeah, without mentioning the away coaches. And you ruined it. I know, I've ruined it now. But what we do have going, actually, which is nice, is we've got the uh, uh, the Christmas toy appeal, which I think we've run for a couple of years now. Uh which uh, I think there's a uh, there's an Amazon link you can go through and get toys sent to us and then we'll donate them be able to donate them to charity you know but uh, if you are able to it's obviously a campaign I, I would greatly encourage you to take part in. It was it was amazingly successful last year. I we, I know so many people contributed because they thought it was such a different and such a good idea. Rod, I think as well. I think just just on some of the, uh, the Facebook pages and the forums at the moment because the amount of toys that are being thrown out of prams, you'll, you'll, you'll gather loads. <laughs> Sweetly uh, angry Facebook I, comments from the toys out of the pram. And I thought you were going to make a serious comment then, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> come on, David. I'll, I'll let you have that. That's not a problem. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good thing to get behind is that. Uh, like I say, I, I ended up buying a couple of things uh, just from uh, just when I went to the supermarket last year and thought, oh, I'll get a couple of things. And the, the, there are loads of kids out there because of the, the situation with child poverty, uh, particularly in, in certain parts of our town, uh, which, you know, we're all very much aware of, um, uh, even though the, there are certain people like our MP who deny it actually exists. Uh, oh, bit political there, Ben Elton. But that, from that point of view, it would be lovely, um, even if you're not a Shrimp's Trust member, but you listen to this and just think, well, I could, I could buy something for a fiver and, I, and I'll chuck it in. Because uh, I, know, I know the club, well, the Trust were amazed last, last year because we, we, we ended up getting absolutely hundreds and hundreds, didn't we, Joel? Yeah, coming out of the rays. Which is brilliant. And I, I know, I know, uh, I know. A couple of the trust members are arguing over Sabutio. So <laughs> I was like, buy your own. <laughs> David, I think you make you make a very good point there. That you know, it's on our doorstep and in in our own um, probably cosseted lives for most of us. We don't appreciate what's out there. I, I do a little bit with with the food bank, and you, you've got to experience it to actually take it on board fully. That. It is a problem locally. It's not going away rapidly. It has been exacerbated by 
the COVID situation and people's jobs and, and, and earnings and all the rest of it. But, you know, it's well worth supporting the food bank and an appeal like this because on yeah. Christmas Day, that's going to make a massive difference to kids who haven't got, you know, diddly squat. Yeah, you're right. And I think it's a good thing to get behind them. Well done. Uh, and we're giving ourselves a pat on the back, Joel, because I think it's a fantastic initiative. Yes, uh, I think, yeah. And I'll, Big I'll, shout out to Joanna and uh, Steve and, and, and Paul and everybody at the Trust because they're the real drivers behind this, this appeal. Yeah, and well done to, uh, well done to you. Uh, also for, for you know bringing it to our attention but also well, talking about it <laughs> I mean, that, that's 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 what we use the podcast for it's you know it's for all it's for all it, it's by the trust for the trust and for all fans and just making them aware so thank you very much um just a quick reminder uh shrimps online is on twitter but also it'll be on shrimps voices and it'll probably you'll probably put a link onto it on their facebook page and wherever else you can tom don't you try to yeah so please uh Give it a read, and uh, always, always uh, interested to hear any comments. Thanks, yeah. thanks very much for having us on. No, good no, good yeah, it's good. yeah, it is good to see you, and hopefully, uh, you know, you can you can contribute a bit a bit more in the future, um, because the simple fact is, you know, we're 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 all inclusive here. Uh, I'd like to get I'd like to get um, uh, Dom, who's behind Car Wash Terrace, on as well, because I think he does a lot of good stuff. And I know he's got Mickey involved in that, etc. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm aware that I've got to wrap up pretty quickly because uh, Joel's got another appointment with uh, uh, another podcast, so we've got to go. So I'll I'll say thank you to all of you wonderful guests tonight, uh, Rod Taylor uh, and Tom Collins from Shrimps Online. Thanks, Freeze. Thanks, Rod. Yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah. Joel. And uh, thanks, Joel, as always, for your input. This has been uh, ShrimpNet. It's been the podcast of Morecambe Football Club through the Shrimps Trust. Thanks to Ryan Daly for always putting this on via the uh, Morecambe FC website. Uh, it gets it to more people. And I, when I sat in the stand last Saturday, I got loads and loads and loads of feedback. People saying they really enjoy it because it, it is just like listening to people talking about the club they love. And on, uh, on that note, we'll see you next week. <laughs>